The purpose of the First Christian Church of Griffith is to love God, love others, and spread the gospel. After the preacher died and went to heaven, he noticed that a New York cab driver had been given a higher place than him. I don't understand, he complained to St. Peter. I devoted my entire life to my congregation. Our policy is to, re- to reward results, said Peter. Now, what happened, sermon, whenever you, what happened, Reverend, whenever you gave a sermon? Well, he kind of hemmed and hawed and kicked at the ground and said, I, you know, there, there were a few people like that, Albert Garcia, who fell asleep. <laughs> exactly, said St. Peter. And he said, and when people rode in this man's taxi, not only did they stay awake, they prayed. <laughs> a man named A.C. Dixon said, when we rely upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we rely upon education, we get what education can do. When we rely upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can do, and so on. Nor am I disposed to undervalue any of these things in their proper place, but when we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. When we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. It's the, prayer is one of the great mysteries of the Christian life. Uh, prayer fascinates me, and prayer uh, intrigues me. Um, I have a lot of questions about prayer. Uh, Do we pray for God's benefit or do we pray for ours? Does God really need us to pray? Doesn't he already know what we need? I mean, doesn't he know all of our needs and does, does he need us to pray? Does prayer change the mind of God or does it merely align our wills with his own? We're not going to get into all those things this morning. That would take, you know, weeks. And speaking of weeks, uh, starting next week, we're going to start a uh, six-week series on prayer. Uh, So if you want to learn more about prayer, if you want to know more about how to have a prayerful life, if you want to know more about praying and the ins and outs of prayer, make sure you join us uh, for the uh, the next two weeks in May and all the month of June, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about prayer. Um, This morning, what we're going to talk about, though, is becoming people of prayer. Uh, if I were to ask you this morning, if I were to ask you right there where you're sitting, how is your prayer life? If I were to ask you, how are things going with your relationship with God? How is your prayer life? Uh, are you praying regularly? Um, you might say that, well, you know, my, my prayer life is, is probably a little anemic. I, I know my own prayer life has uh, ups and downs, hills, uh, valleys and hills. Uh, there are days uh, when I spend the entire day in prayer, as I'm walking through life, be bopping along, I'm just praying as I go. And then there are times when I will go, it seems like days without praying, just because I don't know what to say to God. I don't know how to communicate what's on my heart. And it's hard. Prayer is a difficult thing. It can really be hard. For those of you who have you know, these strong, effective, fervent prayer lives where you're just you know, uh, living in prayer each and every moment, I'll be honest, I envy you. Because that's the kind of prayer life I want to have, uh, but I have those days, and I'm sure many of you have those days where it's just hard to even know what to say to God. Uh, this is our last Sunday in our brief sermon series on becoming an Acts 2 church. Actually, last week was supposed to be the last Sunday, but God did something different, and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, we've talked about being devoted to Scripture. We've talked about being devoted to each other. We've talked about being devoted to communion. Today, we're going to end the series by talking about being devoted to prayer. Luke chapter 2, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, Luke wrote about these things that the church was devoted to. He said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And those are the four things that we've been focusing on in becoming an Acts 2 church. 
the Greek text, when it comes to prayer, the Greek text literally says that they were devoted to the prayers. They were devoted to the prayers. This indicates they were devoted to more than just personal, private prayer. They were devoted to praying together as a church. It's all about togetherness. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, my, we have a, a channel on our satellite called Baby First TV, and it's Jonathan's favorite channel. Uh, it's uh, channel 293 on DirecTV, and, and uh, every day I wake up, uh, the, the, I hear the little guy in his crib going, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Daddy, he wants me. Uh, so I get out, uh, I crawl out of bed, feel the ache in my back a little bit, stumble through the house to his crib, and he just, and, and come to find out the whole time he's been saying this, Daddy, 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 he's been laying there. He's not standing up, you know, at the edge of the crib. But as soon as I open the door and he walks in, he just jumps up and stands there on the crib waiting for me to pick him up. So I pick him up and I, I carry him out into the kitchen and I put him in his high chair and I turn on baby first and he's just mesmerized by Tech the Tractor and all these different things. And, and he's just mesmerized by this baby first. And they have little songs that they play with little videos. And one of my favorite ones, and, and I, I'm going to play it during a sermon. I, what? One of my favorite ones I know is, what's happened to me? I'm a grown man, and I'm sitting there going, nah, nah, nah. But uh, one of my favorite ones is this song, uh, which they sing, and it's the more we get together. It's the more we get together, together, together. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. Because your friends are my friends, and my friends are your friends. The more we get together, the happier we'll be. And honestly, that is uh, one of the two songs of the church. I played one a few weeks ago, the, cheer, the Cheers theme, and the other one is The More We Get Together, The Happier We'll Be. Because that's the way it should be. When it comes to the church, you know, another one of the verses, the more we play together, the happier we'll be. You know, if we could just get together and play together, uh, we'd have a great time. Uh, we'd be, I believe, what God wants us to be as a church. That, you know, we would be uh, living together and playing together and having fun together and just being together. And that's what it's all about in this becoming an Acts 2 church when it comes to communion and fellowship uh, and prayer. It's, it's about being together and doing these things Together. The church is about being together. And that's what I really, that's my dream. <laughs> I have dreams, uh, you know, and, and one of my dreams is that, you know, that that, that that would be us. That on Sunday morning, you'd pop out of bed and go, oh man, I get to go to church. The, the world kicked my hind end all week. My job tossed me around back and forth. But today, today, I get to go be with the Lord. Today, I get to go be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I get to see those people that I love. I get to see those people who love me. I get to see those people who, who I care about. I get to see those people who care about me. I get to see those people who accept me and love me for who I am. And that's the way it should be, friends. That's the way it should be. That we should just pop out of bed going, you know, and Monday morning, should be the worst day of the week. I know for a lot of people it is. Monday should be the first. Uh, Monday Monday morning should be the worst day of the week because that's the farthest amount of time it is until we can go back to church. And my prayer is that you just love coming to church and that you love coming to worship God. You love coming to praise God and you love coming to see each other because I love coming to see you. All right, so let me figure out where I am at and so I can get back to what I'm doing here. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is praying together as a church. 
Uh, I want to begin looking at some times when the early church was together praying. Acts 1.14 says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. That's Acts 1.14. It's the first one listed there. This was a church that believed in praying together. Uh, they believed in the power of prayer. Luke says that they joined together constantly in prayer. Now, again, we're not talking about personal prayer time. We're talking about group prayers. Uh, we're talking about people getting together and praying together. Prayer is not an individual exercise alone. Prayer is not just, you know, the five minutes before you fall asleep. It's not just the 30 seconds before you eat. It's not just 10 minutes in the morning. It's not on the drive to work. Prayer is also to be a together kind of a thing. Uh, when the church prayed for a new disciple to replace Judas, they prayed together in Acts 1.24. They prayed together in Acts 4 after they were threatened with persecution from the Jewish leaders. Acts 4.31 says, after they prayed, I love this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. They got together, and they prayed, and the Spirit moved, and the place was literally shaken. Prayer can really shake things up. Uh, like in Acts 16, Paul and Silas were in jail, and they were singing and praying. A violent earthquake shook the earth and broke open the prison. They prayed together in Acts 6 after they chose deacons to serve the Hellenistic Jewish widows. In Acts 12, Peter had been thrown in prison, and a large group of people gathered at Mark's mother Mary's house in order to pray for Peter. God sent an angel to break Peter out of prison. Thomas Watson said the angel fetched Peter out of prison, but it was prayer that fetched the angel. Acts 13 says that God told the church to set aside Barnabas and Saul, and the church fasted and prayed over them before sending them out as missionaries. In Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas fasted and prayed over the elders they were appointing in the different churches. In Acts 20, Paul prayed with the elders of the church of Ephesus before he left them for the very last time. Paul prayed with the Christians at Tyre in Acts 21. That's nine incidents in the book of Acts of people praying together. Nine times. People get together and they pray. A.T. Pearson uh, relates the following story. He says, Some years ago in the great state of Minnesota, the great granary of the West, there came a scourge of grasshoppers that threatened to destroy the whole wheat crop. The governor, who was a very devout Christian, called upon the people to observe a time of fasting, humiliation, and prayer for the removal of the plague of grasshoppers. Secular papers laughed this action to scorn and derided the idea of an appeal to God. So spring came, the wheat appeared, and the grasshopper with it. And then the secular press said, what is the result of your day of prayer? But after a little while, as the grasshoppers grew, there came a parasite that not only made the grasshopper impotent to destroy the wheat, but also impotent to propagate itself. And from that day, there has been no scourge of grasshoppers in the state of Minnesota. I want to share three thoughts that I have concerning prayer that come out of the book of Acts this morning. Three things I want to share with you. Uh, the first is, if we're going to devote ourselves to prayer, we must pray together. we got to pray together. If we are going to be a church that is marked by prayer, if we're going to be a church uh, that is all about prayer, and I believe that we should be, then we got to pray together. we got to get together, and we got to pray together. Uh, if you look back at Acts 1.14, it says, They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You know, I grew up in the Christian church. I grew up uh, uh, at 
First Christian Church in Crown Point, Indiana. I went to the Christian Campus Ministry at Indiana State University. I went to Maplewood Christian Church in Terre Haute, Indiana. I went to Jefferson Street Christian Church in Lincoln, Illinois. Uh, I pastored uh, the Atwood Christian Church in Atwood, Illinois, the Forest Lake Christian Church in Forest Lake, Minnesota, and now the First Christian Church of Griffith, Indiana. I have, you know, literally just, you know, been immersed in the Christian Church. And uh, we are very devoted as a church. We are very devoted to studying the Word of God. We're very devoted to the Bible, and that is awesome. I mean, that is a thing that is so necessary and so needed in our world today is churches that are devoted to the Bible. But while I believe that Bible study is important, it is not so important that we neglect the other things that we've talked about over the last several weeks, uh, such as prayer. You know, the Bible is God's communication to us, and prayer is our communication with God. And I believe, I fear, that we have de-emphasized prayer while... If you can say it, we've overemphasized Bible study. We need to study the Bible, and we've got several opportunities to do that. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, Albert Garcia is leading a class on the book of Jude. Uh, are, are we done with that? Just finished that. All right, well, we're going to have a new Sunday morning small group starting up in June. I know that. Uh, i got a Bible study that meets on Tuesday nights at Big Dave and Betsy's house. You know, we're, we're working on you know, providing opportunities for people to study the Bible. But we also need to start praying together. We study the Bible together. We also need to pray together. The early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching, but they were also devoted to prayer. It's like, you know, it's like we've got three of the things checked off on the list of four. Uh, we've got, uh, we're devoted to Scripture as the Word of God. Check. We're devoted uh, to fellowship. Check. We're devoted to the breaking of bread, communion. Check. But prayer. Could we check off prayer? Is that one thing that, we're, are we really devoted to it? You know what, I... I I don't know that we are. I don't know that we're really devoted to it the way that we should be. And I want to do something about that. This fall, starting this fall, I'm, I'm working on formulating the plan. I've got it going on in my head, and we're going to put it down on paper. We're going to put it into action. This fall, I want to start um, a prayer, uh, 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 once a month prayer meeting potluck. Starting up uh, sometime in this fall, uh, hopefully in September, a once-a-month prayer meeting potluck. We're going to get together. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to eat a meal together, and then we're going to pray together. We're going to take some time. We're going to sing a song or two, and we're going to just spend some time in prayer, praying for specific things, praying for specific people. we got to start praying together. Uh, there will be more details coming, uh, and uh, I'll talk more about it as we get into our next sermon series. But we need to pray together. We need to pray together often, and we need to allow God to work in our midst through the power of prayer. That God, I believe that God wants to work in a very powerful way. I believe that God wants to, ch he wants to change the world. You know, we sing the song, One Name. You know, we talk about how God's going to move this place. That's how, it's how it happens. It happens through prayer. We start praying, we keep on praying, and we pray and pray and pray some more, and God starts changing things. He starts shaking things up. And lives are changed, and churches are changed, and when churches are changed, communities are changed. When communities are changed, states are changed. When states are changed, the nation is changed. When the nation is changed, the world is changed. And it starts when churches get serious about praying and letting God work. That's what we've got to do. Um, second thought I want to share, if we're going to devote ourselves to prayer, our leaders must pray. E.M. Bounds said what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new, not, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. Our congregation is led by four elders. 
They are George Bowman, Trent Davis, Tony Martinez, and Bob Rooks. These men have to be men of prayer. I, as minister, have to be a man of prayer. We have to be prayer warriors. And I am giving you permission. They don't know this yet, but I am giving you permission to hold us accountable. Hold me as your minister accountable. Hold your elders accountable. Hold us accountable for our prayer lives. Are we praying enough? Are we praying the things that we need to be praying for? You need to be asking us the question if we are praying regularly for the church. In Acts 6, there was a problem. The Greek Jewish widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. A widow in those days uh, was more than likely unable to provide for herself since her husband had died. So the church took care of the widows. The Greek Jewish widows were being overlooked when it came to receiving food from the church, and they complained to the apostles, and the apostles said that they couldn't concern themselves with such a matter because they had to take care of the ministry of the word. So they chose seven men to take care of the Greek Jewish widows. And this is what they said about themselves. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. That is the job of an elder, summed up very nice and neat right there. The job of an elder is to be devoted to prayer and the ministry of the word. You should expect your ministers and your elders to be men of the word and men of prayer. And that is what our church desperately needs, elders and ministers who pray. And don't be afraid to hold us accountable either. I am giving you permission to ask me the question. Ask the elders about our prayer lives. If we are not living up to the expectations that God has for us as leaders, then we need to be held accountable. We need to be steadfastly praying for the church. We need leaders who pray. Finally, if we are going to devote ourselves to prayer, we must pray for each other. I talked about how the church in Acts 12 got together and they prayed for Peter who was in prison. They were praying for one of their own. They cared so much for Peter that they got together to talk to God about him and his situation. And sure enough, God responded in a big, powerful way. When God answers prayer, he does so in a noticeable way. He sent an angel to break Peter out of prison and free him. You know, we need to pray for one another. We need to pray for one another like the church prayed for Peter. Uh, I said a couple weeks ago that we need to invest our lives in one another. That means finding out about the difficulties and the trials and the tribulations that people are going through. That means praying for one another's needs, one another's situations. The person who is sitting next to you right now, the person who's sitting in front of you, what are they going through? What kind of difficulty are they having in life? How is life treating them? Are you praying for that person? Do you even know what's going on in their life? Have you invested your life in someone else's life to find out what is going on, to find out how you can best pray for that person? That's what I'm talking about. Do you know the struggles and the difficulties of the person sitting next to you? You know, maybe they're facing a possible layoff. Maybe their kid is experimenting with drugs. Maybe they have financial difficulties or marriage troubles. Maybe they have a struggle with the secret sin in their life that they just can't tell anybody about, and they need you to pray for them. We have got to love each other enough as a church family, we've got to love each other enough that we will pray for one another, that we will lift one another up to the Father who knows our deepest needs and hurts. Take the time to pray for one another. Look around you this morning. See if there's someone that you can pray for this week. You don't even have to tell them. You don't even have to say, I'm praying for you or I'm going to pray for you. You don't even have to tell them. Just pray for them. Look around you. Who can you pray for this week? Pray for the people in the balcony. You don't even see them half the time. Not because they're not here, but because they're way up there. Pray for the people in the balcony. Maybe they'll come down here. <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't matter where you sit. 
just pray for one another. There's real power in prayer. The Bible says that when two or more are gathered in his name, God is there. And so when we as his people collectively pray, things change. Things happen. He works. The song is called When God's People Pray.
God's people pray, there is power. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was a man of prayer. He prayed in the garden the night of his arrest. Even on the cross as he was being crucified for the forgiveness of the sins of the world, he prayed, Father, forgive them. We must follow his example and be people of prayer. This morning I want to invite you to make prayer an important part of your life. As we close this sermon series on becoming an Acts 2 church, I pray that we as a church will devote ourselves to prayer as the early church was. That we will devote ourselves to the things the early church was devoted to. Things like fellowship, communion, teaching of the Bible, and prayer. I want to leave you with the words of a man named Henri Nouwen who wrote a book called The Only Necessary Thing. It's a book all about prayer. I love the title, The Only Necessary Thing, and it's a book about prayer. This is called The Desire to Pray. The more we pray in the sense of living a prayerful life, the more we desire to pray. If we live a prayerful life, then there is a growing desire to spend more time with God and God alone. It is always the opposite of what people think. It is not, oh, my life is prayer, so I don't have to say prayers. Rather, the desire to pray and to spend time with God and God alone is always growing. It creates in us a desire to be with the Lord whom we have seen shining through people and events to be with the Lord alone. Then prayer becomes one of the greatest gifts that we can have because to be with God whom we discover during the day, to be with God and God alone is a great desire. It is though you have worked with your friends all day, but in the evening it is nice to be with them and them alone, just to be with these special people. My friends, you are my special people, and I want to pray with you. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that as a church we would be devoted to prayer, that we would be a prayerful church, that our church would rise together and stand together as we lift our voices to you, knowing that you, would, that you work miracles, that you work wonders, that God, you can do anything and all things. There is nothing that is impossible for you. God, I pray that we would be people of prayer, that as individuals we would be devoted to praying, that as a church we would be devoted to praying together. Father God, I pray that you would give us your grace and your mercy. I pray for those today who are hurting, who are struggling. And God, we lift them up to you as one. We lift them up and ask that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that your Holy Spirit would fill them and touch them in a very powerful way. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers, for answering our prayers. Help us to trust you more each day. May you be all that we need. May you be all that we desire. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We offer an invitation every Sunday, uh, and uh, today is no different. We want to offer an invitation that if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, uh, He is calling. Calling for you and for me, as the song says. And uh, if you want to make a decision to follow him, we're going to stand and sing. We invite you to come forward as we do that now.